Alright, welcome everybody to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. My name is Mitch Michaels. Thank you everybody out there for listening to the sports podcast. We've reached the summit, the finale. Football season is over for the 2023 season. The 2024 playoffs with the Chiefs defeating the Niners in overtime. Super Bowl 58 It was maybe not an instant classic, but an exciting game that really picked up steam. Got some overtime, got another Chiefs title going back to back. Joining me now on the show to recap all of it, Ryan Souls. Ryan, thanks for again coming on the show, and we've reached the end. It was a thrilling conclusion, and I, I wasn't quite sure we were, we were going to get thrilling, but we did. Man, happy to be here, and you know, you're exactly right. It was a thrilling conclusion and just a great game to watch, a great way to cap off a, a really good season. So I had a couple things, and we can just kind of riff and go over what we saw in this game and kind of how... It all came to be, but you know the Chiefs do when they go back to back. And for how the game started, for the first half and for Kansas City struggles, I think I, I want to start with this: the fact that it's kind of rare in football, pro or college, to see a team that is, you know, and I think they were, they were kind of getting pushed around and dominated in the trenches. For them to flip it in the second half, you know, into overtime was really startling, and I think that doesn't happen very much. But the Chiefs went from being, you know, pushed around quite a bit by their, their O-line especially to being able to put together those long drives and, you know, win the game when they needed to. You know, and I agree 100%, and that's probably where I would have started. I think early into the game, it kind of looked like Chiefs-Bucks 2.0 where you're wondering, okay, is Mahomes going to have time to get guys the football and like you said, in the second half, they came out and made adjustments. They were able to get Mahomes off the spot a little more. Uh, and they were able to neutralize how well the San Francisco 49ers were rushing the passer. You know, traditionally, you see guys, you know, you don't really see Bosa do this, but you see a lot of guys just running past the quarterback, rushing kind of recklessly. And the way they play contains making sure that it was hard for him to escape the pocket. And when he did, he was running into a lineman. Uh, they made it really difficult in that first half. And the Chiefs made some really nice adjustments coming out of halftime. So I, I agree with that. And I think there's a lot of different ways to kind of look at it. I don't, and I want to kind of start here, Ryan. Like the Niners didn't play a bad game. I mean, there were plays and there maybe been conservative at times, but it really was a special effort to beat them. You know, and we can take this in a lot of way, and we can get to the Mahomes side of things, you know, differently. But defensively, the Niners gave them a great effort. You know, they, they did at the end get tired, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Losing Greenlaw was huge. I mean, that was just the most brutal part of that game, tearing his Achilles mm -hmm. away and to go in, and that's a loss. I mean, they had they had dudes on that D line, and you forget. Like I was like Gregory made a play. I'm like, wow, I forgot about him. And Armstead was a beast, and Chase Young got in there. You know, it took a lot. It took Mahomes and the Chiefs to dig down deep, but they were able to do it. I think from the Niners' defensive side, I think they did a pretty good job. And I think, you know, those final two possessions might be what they're remembered for, but they were the ones that were kind of dictating play. If there's going to be criticism for maybe the Niners, it was obviously that special teams play that, you know, and Ray Ray McLeod had to. Maybe he could have. Dive, you know, dove on the ball, Ryan, but when it hits the, the up man, he has to make a play. But that that swung everything. That and maybe I would argue that, you know, when they're up early and they kind of have the momentum not doing enough. But, again, I feel like I'm nitpicking because they played good enough to win this game, and it took a Herculean effort down the stretch. So a couple of things. I think, one, starting with the Niner defense, 
I think it was really interesting early on, like I was talking about, they were able to get pressure before. And like you said, Chase Young and Bosa were getting active and they were able to drop seven in coverage. And those receivers, you know, as much as Mahomes has trusted in them all year, they weren't getting open early on in the game, including Travis Kelsey uh, and, you know, in zone against zone or man coverage. And I think whatever they did coming out in the second half to really neutralize that four man rush, mm-hmm. create some lanes and, you know, Kelsey, that one, that, that deep crosser late in the game where he beats his man on that one step, you know, we hadn't seen Kelsey, Kelsey make a play like that all year, but I do think situations is if you're going to have a critique of the San Francisco defense is what you have to look at. I think the first at the end of the game, two point plays, you know, when the chiefs got to have it, it's going to be some sort of misdirection. We've seen them run that whip route before, right? It was really spent right option. uh, Just made to look different. Mm -hmm. And I just think that you got to know as a defensive coordinator, as a defense, what Andy Reid's, I don't want to say what his predictions are, but what his tendencies are. And it just seemed like from a preparation standpoint, they the Chiefs were just more ready to play. They had two-point plays to get those short yards, yeah. including the fourth and one with Mahomes. But that's, I mean, Ryan, that's, that's what they, the ball. but it's like, that's what they do. I mean, we talked about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, they're the, and that's, you know, and that's where I think maybe grading this on a curve is a little bit different because like, we're looking at it like, yeah, the Chiefs are who they are. They're the best team in the world. They've done this. This is a dynasty. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's a standard that's hard to get to, and it's a, it's a place that's hard to get to because on the, on the other side of the ball, Ryan, I thought Purdy played pretty well. Like, given the fact that I think Spagnuolo is going to, you know, what he's done as a defensive coordinator is almost unmatched at this point, the buttons he's able to push and what he's doing, look at what they were able to do game plan-wise. You know, that Debo was pretty much a non-factor. They took Ayuk for most of that game out. It took Purdy basically finding Jennings as the guy. I thought he played pretty well given the circumstances, and I just think what the Chiefs' defense, because that, in addition to Holmes, the story of this year for them was their defense stepping up and being so great down the stretch. And I think Purdy had to fight, that Niners offense had to fight for everything that they got, and, you know, that is a testament to what Spagnuolo and that defense did. I think it was just remarkable, again, down the stretch, getting getting the plays they needed to, keeping them out of the end zone. And you know I'm always going to give defensive defensive coordinators credit and credit to Spags. I mean, he beat Tom Brady twice, and now he's won two more Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator. With I mean, the the theme through all this is you know on money down Spags is going to bring the pressure, but he's done it with different talent. And you know, like you said, this might be the best defensive coordinator showing we've had in history, or maybe a long time. But I think, um, you know, the, the really cool thing about this game was the teams really knowing each other, yeah. but not in an identical way as they knew each other maybe previously because of the personnel. Mm-hmm. And I think Brock Purdy, you know, I don't know if we want to say 
Kyle Shanahan has found his forever quarterback, but I think he has found the best quarterback that he's had thus far. I mean, don't you yeah, don't you think that he? Oh yeah, don't you think he played well enough? Like, I mean, if we were gonna if we were gonna take that game, if we were gonna go into it and say this is the kind of game you're gonna get, this is, we would have said, okay, yeah, they definitely could win this game. You know, I mean, it was it wasn't a liability out there. He proved, and that's where the tears come in. I mean, this is it might not be Absolutely. a forever quarterback, but he's clearly in. He's clearly in the top third of the league, if not better. I think we can honestly, obviously say no. I agree 100%. I think he has earned his stripes in this league. And, you know, though he had two throws, I think he left on the table that he wished he would have had that maybe would have blown the game open uh, a couple deep throws. And I think, you know, he'll look at that tape and he'll get better and grow from it. But I think he is washed off those demons of in the big moments can you win with him can you trust him i think he i don't know if he should need to be looking over his shoulder going into the future that's fair to say uh which is you know hasn't been much uh that we can obviously say that with given the nature of the position and stuff even the play to jennings who might have won mvp if the niners won that game which was crazy through the pass there but on that touchdown pass ryan it's like pretty had to stand in take a shot looked like he was going to get hurt and you know, they were like this was a this was a tough, hard fought game, and you know it comes down to who the quarterback for the Chiefs was, Brian, because he just found a way to elevate, use his legs when he needed to, and just drove them down the field. It was another masterclass and a guy that you know the resume speaks for itself at this point. But just how cool he is under pressure, mm-hmm. what, that's where hindsight's going to be 2020, but he's grown, he's grown into that, right? Like this was not always the case. This is now a cool customer under pressure, similar to Brady, obviously, and all the greats. They're not going to come in right away at his 22, 23 year old. Like at this point in his career, he is as cool as it gets. Absolutely. And I think early on in his career, Patrick Mahomes was able to take full advantage of his superior talent, arm talent, and, the superior speed of someone like Tyreek Hill combined combined with, you know, really good play calling with Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid. And I think now, like you say, this is this is Jordan developing the post game. This is when I need to slow the game down and I just need a bucket. I just need a first down. This is what I'm going to do and you can't stop it. And knowing every bit of strengths and weaknesses of his supporting cast. And knowing what buttons to push and just seeing the game perfectly. I mean, that's, I mean, it's his third Super Bowl. It's his third MVP. The guy is just putting together a resume that's not quite done. I know he's got a long way to go to get to Tom Brady, but if you play the long game and you think offensively, personnel wise, it's only going to probably get better. I know Kelsey won't be, you know, in the league the whole time, but Mm. they're going to have options. They're going to have ability there. You know, they had a fourth down season on the line. He calmly picks that up. They have to score at the end of fourth end of the fourth quarter to tie the game or win it. He gets them down the field. He's not playing his best game. He throws a pick. The team had some mistakes early. They couldn't block anyone. And he just he's just patiently in there figuring it out. So I mean I, I don't know what, what more to say about him really. I mean there's no debate this is we're we're in that territory, right, where there's no really debating who the guy is and we just have to appreciate it. Yeah, there's there's no debating, and I honestly think, you know, and I, I said this a couple years ago, and we, we talked about it a little more just because of um, Josh Allen really making his own name coming on the scene and Joe Burrow coming back from that injury a few years ago. But I thought then, and I think it's evident now, that the gap between Patrick Mahomes and second place is pretty wide. 
And I think until proven otherwise, it is going to remain that way. And I think regardless of how good the quarterback play is in this league, Patrick Mahomes is on a different level. We're looking at um, not Mount Rushmore of the position, but this early in, if you just cut it off to six years compared to contemporaries at their time, he could be Mount Rushmore of the league potential. So it's incredible to see what he's doing, and it's only, what, mm-hmm. seven years in? So yeah. a long way to go. But, you know, not to divert from Patrick Mahomes, but just to say one thing, because uh, you mentioned something about this being a young team and mm-hmm. just being able to get what they needed from their guys when it meant the most. I think we need to give some credit to the front office, especially you mentioned the defense. McDuffie yeah. and Sneed. Mm-hmm are two guys that you not do not want to let go out of that locker room. And I think that I don't know if they're going to be able to keep Chris Jones or not, but this, this team is young and can be good for a long time. And it's going to be very interesting to see where it goes from here. Yeah. Um, couple things there just to add, cause I agree with most of that there. Um, the fact being that, Chris Jones is probably going to maybe get franchised, I think is what it sounds like. I don't know what they're going to do there money-wise, so they're going to have maybe an option with that. But I just want to go back to, you know, the front office. They absolutely, when you have, I mean, I think this was the first time we have a Super Bowl winner. I might be wrong, but it's one of the first few times, Ryan, where the Super Bowl winner had the player with the biggest cap uh, cap hit in Patrick Mahomes. And they were still able to get it done which says a lot about Mahomes, but also the front office. I was looking at that 2022 draft class again. The guys they got in that draft class, McDuffie, Karloftis, Sky Moore, who had the catch last year. Isaiah Pacheco is in that class. So, I mean, hey, <laughs> they're nailing these picks, and that's how you do it, and that's how you work around paying the top guys. you got to nail those draft picks. You're not going to be able to keep all of them, but it sets you up. Exactly, and that's the model. And the crazy part is, and I this speaks to – how well the organizations run, but again, this speaks to how good the quarterback is. When you can say, okay, we're willing to part ways with the best receiver in football, we're going to win two Super Bowls after that, but it's all going to be based upon that we've got the best guy at quarterback by a long shot and the rest of the league doesn't, and he's going to elevate those who fill Tyreek Hill's shoes. That's incredible. 2022 is the same year they made that deal, so it really did flip, uh, and they were able to do it. Uh, more with Ryan Souls here on the Money Mitch Effect, looking at the Niners' side of things. I want to get to overtime in a second. Maybe that's the answer to this question, Ryan. But you know, looking at the game, another tough loss for them. You know, another tough loss in a Super Bowl for Kyle Shanahan as a head coach and a coordinator. How would you assess what he did, and if there were any glaring mistakes or things to second guess, or it was maybe what we were talking about with the Chiefs just going out and taking it. So I don't remember the exact down and distance, but it was at the end of the game, the corner blitz, McDuffie breaks up that play with Purdy mm-hmm. at the end, and they can't even they can't convert there. So I think again, if you're Shanahan and granted, he's an offensive genius what he's been able to do with his with his personnel. I think you gotta know Spags on money downs again likes to send corner blitzes, likes to send pressure. And I don't know if this is something that they felt they couldn't put on the quarterback, but, and I'm not comparing 
Brock Purdy to Tom Brady. But someone like Tom Brady, someone like Peyton Manning, someone like Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, guys like that are going to get you into a better protection to pick up that corner blitz. They're going to see it, and maybe something different happens Mm -hmm. on that play. I think Shanahan's got to protect Purdy in that situation because that's what you know he's going to do that. And then, you know, we can talk about overtime uh, in a second, like you said, but I think after that, really just I would have liked to have seen McCaffrey have a few more carries. I don't know if he was gassed. I don't know if they miss having someone like Mostert to balance the carries, but it just seemed like they were getting decent yards per carry early in the first well, half and they could have gone back to that mm-hmm. and while Andy Reid wasn't getting a ton of yards but Pacheco stayed consistent running the ball working Mahomes into the run game too it seemed like Shanahan gave up on the run game a little bit when he didn't need to yeah I don't think it was an egregiously bad game in, in the slightest for Shanahan players make the plays they step up and I think that's what ultimately decided it those are Fair critiques. I think maybe, like I said, when they had the hammer early, not being as aggressive, but you know he's not the one out there fumbling the ball or making the you know certain plays. Um, yeah, I mean we can get into the overtime thing because it's going to be debated and discussed for a while. Well, and real yeah. quick before we yeah. get to overtime, I think it has to be stated that miss PAT they yeah. chased that all game. Right, and that I mean. Also, a, a fair point, obviously. Crazy that we saw two record-setting field goals for the longest Super Bowl. One, and then one gets broken back-to-back, which was crazy. Um, Moody, who hadn't been, you know, hadn't been great going in, makes that field goal, makes another field goal late, has a miss extra point. Ryan, I also, and I was trying to sympathize too, because obviously if I'm a Niner fan, I'm disgusted. I'm thinking like, oh my God, just make that extra point. It could change it. I also am a firm believer, like I think you are, Mahomes is good enough to get what he needs to do. Absolutely. So I, I'm still not saying like, oh, it was a for sure win. Like it's different if they know that a, t- a field goal is not in play late, you know. So I don't know. Right. Um, it changes the whole trajectory though. But it was a big, it was a big miss for sure. Um, all right. So overtime is going to be debated and discussed for a while. And I have to say, when it happened, I had to double check. I'm like, I think the rules changed. Got to look at it. Let's see. It happens so fast, and then they, you know, the toss happens, and the Niners elect to take the ball. And a lot's debated and discussed about this. I think it's important to note that even in the analytical community, which Shanahan said that he discussed with his his staff, there isn't really a consensus. I've read all these reports and, and stuff that's come out today where you know they've run the simulations, and it's basically like a fifty-one percent chance, you know, what you do. Um, taking the ball first, though, I want to hear your thoughts. Like, if it was. A, if it's something that you would have done, and B, if it's something that you think was a, a, a mistake, even if it's you know a catastrophic mistake or just a misstep. So to be honest, um, I think in hindsight, just to be completely fair, I probably sit on the fence about this because I see both sides, but I do think in Shanahan's position, his defense is gassed, so... Do you want to put your defense on the field first and give yourself the advantage of having four downs if you possess the ball second? Because that puts all four downs in the play if the Chiefs score because you got to score. Right. I I think there's 
I think you could go either way with it. That defense was gas, so it could it could very well be argued that if they decide to play defense first, Mahomes is just going to take advantage of a gas defense, go down the field, and score uh, a touchdown. So to be honest, I lean on not giving Mahomes the knowledge of knowing what he has to do and not giving him the extra down. Yeah, so it's important to note that Shanahan said the defense wasn't the decision. I mean, obviously coaches aren't going to reveal everything. wasn't the main crux of the decision. I think you got to take situation into this too. So Mahomes said today actually when he was interviewed uh, that they were going to go for two in the win, which I understand. If the roles were reversed, I do think the Niners go for two and the win because you don't want to give Mahomes the ball back. It's such a, and I'm on the fence too because I see it. I see what Shanahan's saying. If we're tied again, we get that third possession. We can end the game in that situation. But again, maybe exactly. circumstances come into play where it's the Chiefs where the odds are going to be tied. Well, Ryan, the part about four downs being in play is the side where I could see and understand people that are frustrated because Mahomes going for it in that situation on fourth and one, they're probably punting, right, in that same situation if they got the ball first? Probably. Probably. But but again, like this is all we're playing this out after the fact and this is not like it's not the reason why it's not the reason why they lost. Like I'll say it out point blank. They did not lose this game because of the decision they made in overtime. If Purdy makes that throw, if they connect in, in the red zone, they score a touchdown and you know, it would have been down to a two point conversion again. Agreed. So I just think it's, I just think, I mean, it's the second overtime in history. It's a nice wrinkle to it. I don't know what the right decision is. And I also think, Ryan, two is not always going to be the answer because not all these teams have Patrick Mahomes. You know, the no, two in the not win. all these teams are prepared to have two point plays. Could you I imagine, think... though, if you went for two in the win? And I don't want any quarterbacks or coaches, just choose your own adventure out there. But if you lost the Super Bowl going for two in the win and you didn't have the, like, in a weird way, because they've won it before, you'd live with it with Mahomes, like, okay, this is our guy. We're going down with the, the best in the game. But if you go for two in the win and you don't get it, like, I just, man, I think that would be a tough one to swallow. It's definitely a tough one to swallow, but I think the the thing we'll never know, and Mahomes talked about it, I think Kelsey talked about it too, we'll never know about the preparation that went into it beforehand because for those situations, you want a bunch of two-point plays ready to go. And I've heard, and you know, and it maybe it's in um, the Seth Wickersham book. It's better to be feared, but in that twenty-eight to three comeback with the Patriots, Bill wanted extra two-point plays because they thought that they were going to have to extend the lead, but instead they needed two-point plays to get back into the game. Yeah. So they had prepped a bunch of two-point plays, and Andy said they did the same thing because they thought two-point plays were going to be in play. Mm-hmm. And I saw, and well, analytics can't account for that. But I do think if you have got to have it two point plays, like the so the fourth and one, for example, where Mahomes keeps it on the triple option, essentially, right? That that was probably a two point play, or uh, the short yardage play, and then the whip route, two point play. So I think that they probably had three or four of those that they could have called which means they can dictate the situation what they're going to do before they get in that situation because they prepared for it. Yeah, it's going to be debated for a while. It's funny that that was the first overtime game this playoffs with the new rules, so we didn't even get 
any scenarios before <laughs> that just happened in the biggest right. game of the year. So I get it. And I look, and I know that, you know, you're going to look at it and a lot's going to be written about this, but this can't be considered, you know, and I know it's going to be tough for Shanahan. It can't be considered, you know, the reason why they lost, but he's had another chance. And I guess that's the, the final thing with the Niners, Ryan, is I guess, you know, we're at a point now where we have to wonder if it's going to happen. They've been close. They haven't gotten that Super Bowl yet. You know, it, it's super interesting because I was just looking at the best I can, not that I'm anywhere close to a GM or knowing about the NFL cap and contract situation, but I was looking at just who they may have to pay in the offseason, and they'll be able to bring a lot of guys back, and Purdy will have another year in the system. It'll be interesting to see what they do um, with the defensive coordinator position. I hope they keep Steve Wilkes just for continuity's sake. I think they'll be right back in the thick of things if they stay healthy and they keep all their guys together. Mm-hmm. I just think it comes down to, in these sort of situations, <clears throat> how and that staff got to be looking at, we get in a situation again, how do we beat that team? Because mm-hmm. ultimately it seems like that's who you're going to have to go through. Yeah. How do you beat them? I guess yeah, the plus would be the NFC, especially given the quarterback landscape, not as hard to kind of cipher your way through, but you know who the final boss is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's look, they're going for a three-peat next year, Ryan, which has never been done before in the Super Bowl era. Mahomes is, as we said, probably already a top-five quarterback. Andy Reid's quietly on the, on the path to go after Belichick, too. I mean, the Chiefs team, like, it's not going to be the last ride. Like, there's still plenty of football left. I think that's where we can kind of put a bow on it. This team's in it to win it for several more years. Absolutely. And I think this is the worst. We're going to see that receiving core. I don't think we're going to see drops like this going forward in the future. I don't know if Kadarius Tony is going to be on the roster going forward. <laughs> and I would not be shocked. Him. And I didn't look at the Chiefs cap situation, but I wouldn't be shocked if they are – a primetime destination this summer for whatever they feel that they need. Well, man, it's been fun. It's been fun talking football with you all year. Anything, I guess, too early to look forward to in the uh, upcoming year or maybe even the draft or free agency? Anything you want to look at? being, Being a Chicago resident now, it's just interesting to see what the conversation is that what the Bears do with the number one pick, you know, uh, a lot of things to consider with Fields and Caleb Williams and the, you know, what I don't want to see. And I know the popular thing is if you look at the final four teams that just made the Super Bowl or made this, the, the playoffs, rather the final four teams in the playoffs, the lions don't really have a big name receiver. Those guys were drafted in the mid picks. We know what the chiefs had besides Kelsey uh, the Niners probably had the most talent, but they don't have high, high first round um, receivers. And the Ravens, you know, they just got on board having, you know, some pseudo number ones. I think this is a case in point that good teams usually look to add receivers and other skill positions last. If you don't have structure and the ability to get the ball to these guys, don't draft them. So I would caution the Bears as low as the fruit looks hanging and as sweet as the candy looks like it's going to taste, don't draft Marvin Harrison. (laughs) Wow. 
Well, I mean, for his sake, then, I hope you're right. I just, what I don't want, but I think might happen, Ryan, is are we going to see a Caleb Williams power play? And, and I'm just wondering, like, is he going like to say... Like, you're talking I, about Washington? Or just, just I don't want to yeah. go to Chicago. Let's start there, you know? Like, if... And that's where I think this draft would get interesting. Because it sounds like there's some reports with his dad and some people that might, you know, I don't know that I want to go to Chicago, so... Not obviously, it's speculating a lot of it, but if push comes to shove, and I don't know, I mean, that's something that could yeah. really be a, a domino too. But yeah, there's a lot of this draft's going to be exciting because the quarterbacks are heavy. You know, Drake May, you know, Jane Daniels are there as well. Uh, Marvin Harrison is a, a surefire, you know, blue chip prospect. Uh, a lot, a lot to be discussed. But football season in the rearview, Ryan, it's been fun. It's a melancholy day, but we were able to you know, send the season off in style. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Man, I appreciate you. It's been a great year. That was Ryan Souls on the Money Mitch Effect wrapping up the 2023 football season. If you like this podcast, we're on all your platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it. And check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page for some exclusive content. I'm on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21 as well. So we will be back in the weeks to come talking winter sports as well with basketball and hockey picking up and uh, the NFL draft around the corner. So for Ryan Souls, my name is Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for listening and keep enjoying sports.